This is Sports 845. It is February 23rd, 2021. And I got to tell you, the news, before we get started, let me just, before we get into the show, to my left, uh, my friend for uh, 50 years, the uh, head coach, the New York State uh, high school basketball coach at Monticello and Burke. A lot more wins than losses. Dick O'Neill, Tommy Giordano, um, coached everywhere and uh, still Every, coaching. Everything and everywhere. And our crack producer, his son, Thomas. Um, Got to talk about Tiger Woods to start. I had yeah. a bunch of other things I wanted to yeah. talk about. We yeah. will. But Tiger Woods and, you know, we don't want to say anything that we don't know to be fact. All we do know is he was in a terrible car accident. He was airlifted to a hospital. Uh, car flipped multiple times. And he was in surgery. And he was in surgery with leg injuries. That's what we know. To jump to the gun, to jump the gun and say the injuries are much worse, or to even go further and say there was alcohol or drugs involved is uh, careless at best. The yeah. last thing I saw was non-life-threatening. Yes, yeah, it's a moderate to yeah. critical, but non-life-threatening. Right, right, right. Yeah, and, uh, so, and not good. From what I understand, both legs. Yeah, both yep. legs. So, yeah. uh, if there was questions about the Masters. Now the questions about can he ever play golf again? I, you know, we'll find out a lot more, but I watched a great show last night. I really did. Um, on ESPN, it was part of Black History Month on ESPN, and it was um, African-Americans golf and how it's evolved. And really a very interesting show. And you know what's amazing? That it, at some country clubs in this great country we live in, they still do not permit African-Americans or Jews. Yeah. Um, yeah. At yeah. certain places. It's yeah. mind-boggling. It's I mean, wake the hell up. But Tiger, I'm sorry, Tiger, his father didn't do him many any favors when Tiger first started playing golf. He was coming off two uh, junior and two amateur titles, basically four titles in a row. And when he declared that he was turning pro, uh, a lot of the players on the PGA Tour did not like him without knowing him. And I watched the press conference. They showed it last night with Tiger Woods' father saying my son is going to not only dominate the sport of golf, he is uh, hello world, and uh, he's going to be the greatest golfer that ever lives. He is going to win every tournament he enters, and ba-ba-ba. And uh, obviously the old-time white, stuffy PGA Tour players took offense to that, and Woods went out and Pretty much did what his dad said. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he won his first Masters when he first entered the tournament, right. correct? 97. Yeah. Yeah. He enters as his, a pro. As yeah, a pro. As yeah. a pro. Yeah. And he wins. And he doesn't win by a stroke or two. He dominates the yeah. course. Yeah. Um, he's had some hiccups in his life. We all have. Um, and again, we hope that he's okay first. We then hope that he plays golf again because he's great for the sport. Yeah. Your thoughts? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you never want to see any athlete go through this, and he's had some ups and downs. Anybody, not an athlete, yeah. Yeah, any any person at all, really. But especially an athlete like this, with this kind of uh, influence and magnitude. And just coming off surgery for another injury. Just talking about it He's back in the hospital again. He was hoping it was going to scar over so we could start getting more more, uh, activity going. Five back surgeries. Tiger Woods, 45 years old. He's won 15 majors. Uh, I don't see him passing Jack now, no. but I again, that's really not the discussion. Right, the discussion. We're just hopeful that he. You know, uh, I'd like to, he comes I, I want to see him play again. Can you imagine what he'd do for the senior tour if he ever went out there? Well, that's where you might. See, I mean, maybe it's not as bad. Maybe it's you know some 
some things that can be taken care of and he can be back on the course, you know, the end of the year or the beginning of next year. Yeah, I mean, but the senior tour, he could, really could. Could you imagine right what that would project that for those guys that maybe didn't make a lot of money on all the other Listen, lives, wherever kind of Tiger thing? Woods goes, right. he could play on a transgender I, I, tour, I agree, I agree. and it's going to be right. the most watched thing. Right. He's yeah. going to make money for people. I mean, I Tiger Woods that. is yeah. uh, is a ticket. And these, like I talked about, these mm-hmm. stuffy white golf pros from years ago, and times have changed. Mm-hmm. Um, once they realized how much money he was going to put in their pocket with TV revenue and right. tournaments, yeah, their attitude their, changed. Their right. attitude changed pretty quickly. Yeah, but no you know, question. Tiger made yeah. golf. Yeah, and he opened it up to an entire yeah. new segment. Right. I mean, that's the. Only, I mean, you see, I'm wearing the hat right now, but Tiger is the reason we used to play Tiger Woods PGA Tour. That's what got me into golf. From what I was. And, seven, and they six, needed seven. him badly because Jack was at the end, Arnie was at the end, yeah, Trevino right. was. There was gone. a big hole. Greg Norman, well, yeah, Greg Norman yeah, was just on the up, but then right. you know the Norman. And there the was accent. not a, there were good golfers, but there was not a personality. In, Payne Stewart, in, yeah, uh, yeah, and then Payne Stewart. Yeah, dying. Payne Stewart, then Payne Stewart dies. Yeah. yeah, but they were kind of like more stoic golfers. Always seemed to be stoic. It was there a was country no, club, yeah, yeah. upper class sport. But you never saw a lot of emotion in it. No. Like you did. You didn't have the you know, Jimmy Connors the, right, fist pump right, out there. Exactly. You know, you exactly. had Tiger Woods and the exactly. Tiger roar yeah. developed. And yeah. Nike had a whole new thing for Tiger. And, yeah. and, and it started to appeal to young kids, which it never did before, no. you know, to a certain few. Right. You know, country I, club I, I think more at that point, it wasn't it wasn't so much the black-white issue with Tiger. as It's the socioeconomic issue. And white people, right. obviously... At that point, playing golf, golf people playing golf mm-hmm. more more um, affluent, mm-hmm. right? So now you have a young black man coming in with a ton of talent, and like you said, once they recognize that their socioeconomic yeah. uh, interests were going to go through the roof, and also, his color no longer mattered. And also, he was smart. He was a Stanford student. You know, it's, he was yeah. smart. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. You know, he knew where he was going. Spoke he knew, well. He knew how to brand. He was one of the first guys, other than Jordan, that knew how to brand himself. You know, yeah. and uh, he did it. They Let's, did it. Uh, I have that hat also. Yeah, exactly. I have that right, hat. You know, yeah. But you you didn't pay for that hat. <laughs> I did. No way. I did. I did. No I way. Did, but yes, I did. Dick O'Neill purchased an item. <laughs> um, anyway, in the coming hours, we'll find out reports and just hope he's okay. Um, it was great to see him out there with his son a few weeks ago, who's a spitting image of him. Yeah, yeah, he's. Uh, I mean, well, look what that generation swing is almost identical. Tiger's out there with his kids. It was, it was the most viewed thing in television yeah, at that right. point. You know what I wanted to open up the show with. One of the things, and uh, the number is eight four five three one three zero five six one. Forty one years ago, um, yesterday, the United States beat um, the Soviets in a uh, hockey Sem- game semifinal. In the semifinals, and I think we would all agree. Um, I don't know if we would all agree. To me, it's the greatest moment that I've ever witnessed in yeah, sports. One of mine too. One of um, mine too. Because it wasn't a hockey game. Yeah, it, it wasn't was, about it was, hockey. It was, more, it, was more. it was about hockey to the players on the team and the coach. But um, for someone who knows nothing about hockey, yeah. it wasn't a hockey game. It was us versus them. That's right. And and it being just a huge a huge underdog. Imagine. Yeah. To let you know the uh, what took place, imagine the '94 original Dream Team of Bird and Magic and Michael and and everybody that was on that team losing to Angola in a game of basketball. I mean, this was the greatest hockey team with the greatest goalie, 
that was assembled. Yeah. They toyed uh, um, in international play, beating the U.S. team 10 to 3 at the Garden in a game where it could have been 20 to nothing. Mm -hmm. yeah. they, they defeated everybody, and they what they did is they found a head coach that believed in this group of kids. And you had the Iran hostage, you had gas crisis, you had a cold war going on. We did not like them. They did not like us. And it shocked the world. And the game was on tape delay and it made the careers of not only everybody on that team who never had to work a day in their lives, all they have to do is speak. It made the career of Al Michaels. It, um, no one heard of Al Michaels. He was on the, not the B team, the C team. And he was given that game. And he came up with an incredible call in, oh, you know, do yeah. you believe in miracles? Yeah. And the United States went on to win 4-3 and then had to trail Finland 2-0 or 2-1 and had to, you know, score yeah. four goals to win yeah. and one on Sunday. And, yeah. you know, the rest was history. But it's still celebrated every year yeah. as the oh, greatest moment. Movies made and... Yeah, there's not... I mean, you can't really look across... You can look, look across the broad spectrum. There's really not another game like it. Um, not that I've, that I've... Is he on there now? Yeah. Let's take a call. Let's take Chris Russo, the Monticello coach. Do we have to take a break or do, are we good? Oh, we're good to go right now. Chris, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. Thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. Say hello to your uh, to your mentor, Dick O'Neill. It's always great to hear you. How are you doing? Hey, buddy. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, this season sucks, huh? Uh, it's pretty interesting, that's for sure, <laughs> yep. Chris, first of all, uh, congratulations on having another good team down in Monticello. We're up in Monticello. Um, we've heard from many different people. You won't say it, but we've heard Monticello <laughs> is a loaded team this year and picked the wrong year to be great because of uh, the playoffs and stuff like that. But sure. tell us a little bit about your team. You had a game tonight that was canceled. I don't know if you want to get into that at all, but it sure. was canceled. We appreciate you coming on. Tell us about your team. Yeah, so uh, we, we brought back uh, three uh, uh, key players from, from last year. Uh, Jordan Ruggiero, who was uh, Sullivan County All-Star and, and in the running for the Times Hero record, uh, the A4-5 All-Stars. So, you know, he was right there, uh, played on our Hoops Fest team uh, last summer, well, previous summer when he was a, a junior. So, you know, he, he was uh, an important piece for us to come back. Julian Jones, who's a really athletic inside player, and uh, Julian... Um, Velasco, who uh, is a, a, a good shooter for us and, uh, you know, was a nice role player, probably played about seven to ten minutes uh, in each game last year. So that was the group that we brought back to start. And um, we had uh, one other senior, uh, uh, Shamit Clemens, uh, who was a bench player for us coming back as well. And we added some nice parts from our JV team. And uh, so I was looking forward to, you know, seeing how we would develop, especially with the, the newer guys and, you know, playing without Josh, which – We've had for four years kind of as our point guard and two-year captain and 1,000-point scorer. You know, it was, it was going to be different certainly without him. But, um, you know, fortunately we got a chance to play and and, uh, and the, the, uh, the, the young kids are kind of stepping up uh, a little bit and coming along nicely uh, in the shortened season. So I was really happy with how we, uh, how we played in the two games that we've had so far. So uh, yeah, it's certainly been an interesting, uh, interesting year. Chris, are all your kids? Yes, sir. Are all your kids healthy? Currently, yes. Unfortunately, today, uh, though, we found out that one of our uh, JV players tested positive uh, for COVID this morning. So, um, and this was a non-basketball-related um, 
illness, I guess, if you want to call it that, um, you know, how he contracted it. So we, we actually haven't been together as a team because of weather and um, COVID issues from other teams since last Wednesday. We, uh, we played Wednesday night at Minnesink Valley and, and lost a tough game there to a, uh, you know, a, a veteran team was pretty good. And then uh, a series of snow days, um, Burke had their um, COVID uh, cancellations. Minnesink Valley Varsity had uh, a, um, an exposure. Uh, some of our players had an exposure. So they canceled on Saturday. We decided not to practice. Yesterday, snow canceled everything. So we haven't been together for um, since last Wednesday. And unfortunately, one of our TV guys, um, you know, was uh, tested positive today. He said he started not feeling well on Saturday. So um, seemingly, you know, from a from a health standpoint for everyone else, we're in the clear uh, with the contact tracing going back 48 hours from uh, his first symptoms, which would have been Saturday. So um the weather and the other cancellations, in a sense, have been a blessing in disguise for us because we should be able to finish out the last couple of games and two practices that we'll have. How many more games do you have, Chris? Well, we were supposed to have three counting tonight. Um, it doesn't look like we're going to have an opportunity to reschedule the game against Cornwall. So we've got two games left, uh, both against Goshen, and uh, they are coming to us on, on Thursday, and then we're going there on Saturday. It's got to be a totally different um, feel for this entire season. A, the pit in Monticello, you have a yeah. raucous, great um, crowd there. You have none of that. Plus, it seems like you don't know, you know, you probably find out if you have, I'm guessing if you have a 7 o'clock game, you could get a call at 645 the game's off. Yep. it's uh, It's been really – I thought it was going to be weirder than it was um, – you know, being in the in the, the quieter gyms or whatever, and I, and I joked um, in our first game against uh, Port Jervis, I, I told our guys, I said, you know, normally this this place is rocking. You've all been there when it's you know when we're playing well and it's a school night and people are there and the alumni come back. You know, it's it's a unique place. And uh, and I said, and now we've got um, the uh, thirteen guys in this locker room right now and. The, and the eight kids that, that play JV, and that that's it. That's all we got. So we've got to bring our own noise and energy, and and our and our kids responded to that. I think they were they were happy for the opportunity just to play, sure. and it didn't really. I don't want to say it didn't matter. Obviously, you want to you want to play in front of your hometown fans and everything else, but um, just the opportunity to play, you know, brought a lot of energy from the kids. So, um, but it is it is a little eerie to uh, to look over in the stands and they and they. They're empty, you know, um, so it's uh, quieter gyms. But um, everyone's, I think, adjusted to that piece okay. It, it's been just some of the, the the getting to this point has been challenging because of the way the decisions came down, which, you know, if, if you ask me from from the moment uh, until we started playing, I my answer was we're not playing a game until next year. I never thought for a second we'd have an opportunity to play. And then just the way things rolled out, here we are. So, hey Chris, Tom Giordano here. How's it going, buddy? Hey, good. How are you? I'm good. Um, so, with you guys not being able to uh, have the fans there, are you guys yeah. live streaming anything, or how's that working uh, out for the fans up yeah, there? Yeah, we we had to work with our um, uh, our um, technology department, and um, they were unable to to do our our first game um, live streamed. Uh, but the plans were to have them on our uh, district um, YouTube channel. Uh, and then I unsuccessfully uh, tried to uh, 
live. Well, I did, we did live stream our first home game through uh, Facebook. And then uh, when we were at Minisync, um, our own Facebook feed wouldn't load there with the internet issues they're having. So, um, so our school is, is doing that. And hopefully in our last game, we'll be able to, uh, to have that out there for the guys. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of other schools have been great in terms of being able to get, uh, the games up either through the NFHS, NFHS network or through their own schools, um, you know, uh, Facebook pages or, um, uh, or their, their YouTube channels, their district pages, those kind of things. So, so that's been kind of cool. I mean, it's sort of nice to uh, scout a game from your living room rather than, uh, you know, taking a drive to another gym. So, so at least that part's been, uh, been fun. And I, and I hope teams continue to do that because it will give some people, especially, you know, people that don't live in our area anymore that still want to, you know, watch a game. I, like my parents, for example, are able to watch us play. They, my son Joseph is playing on our JV team this year. He's a Monticello kid now. So they got a chance to, uh, to watch him play. So, so that, that kind of aspect of it has been, has been positive. Uh, listen, Chris, as, as president of the coaches association, what's going on in the rest of the state? Is everybody in this situation or is it? Yeah. Yep. Um, it's been, uh, you know, e- each of us have been, uh, you know, around the state waiting for, you know, the decision to come down and you have, um, obviously schools, even in our own section that, at that opted out of playing, um, you had um, certain uh, counties said absolutely not with their Department of Health. Um, and you have like, like for example, the um, uh, Iona Prep and Stepanak are playing a best of seven series over the next uh, two weeks, I think, or week and a half, whatever it is, because they're the only schools that are outside of the city. And de Blasio uh, had told them that they couldn't play. So you have all these different, you know, pockets of places that are able to play in limited capacities or not play at all. So, um, and, and we had a meeting uh, early on with uh, with Dr. Zayas from from NISFA, and you know, he was very open and honest with us about it. And you know, the bottom line is everyone was, you know, cautiously careful for the health and well being of the kids and the other and the adults that are involved. And uh, and then as it as it came down, it just. Um, you know, it was sort of a pass the buck <laughs> kind of thing for a while. It was, well, we don't, no one really wanted to say, uh, yeah, you can play because they didn't want to take all the responsibility liability, but no one also wanted to say, oh no, you can't play because they didn't want to be the bad guy. And, and that happened all the way right up until the end. And, and, you know, coaches were kind of left to pick up the pieces with their teams with, you know, Newburgh kids thinking they're going to play. And then at a board meeting, they find out they're not. And then our kids thinking we're not going to play. And then at a board meeting, we find out we do. So, you know, you had both ends of the spectrum, but yeah, it's, it's, it's across the state and everybody's dealing with it as best they can. Um, And, uh, you know, we just try as as an association to support our coaches in whatever decision they made as far as moving forward or, or being unable to play. Yeah. I thought to Johnny Dombrowski this afternoon, they're playing six games in a six nights in a row here. (laughs) If everything goes according to Hoyle. Uh, and, and, you know, the thing, one thing that I, that I found in a sense like upsetting with how this whole thing carried out was that, you know, everyone wants to talk about player safety all the time. And we approved teams to play and started playing games six practices in um, where we, they eliminated the seven day rule. No one had to have a physical. You know, you, as, if you had a physical on file for the last two years, you were safe to play 
with just a medical update. And I know some of that is out of their hand, getting doctor's appointments and things like that. But, you know, all those things were in place for player safety. And it was like, oh, well, we have this chance to play, even though there's a pandemic going on. But, you know, don't worry about your seven-day rule. Don't well, worry about where you hear what's Where do you hear what's going on with football? So, oh, yeah. you know, I mean, Chris, yeah, whatever yeah, they I had. Even, to... I don't even want to know because it just like, you know, we're, we're going to, we're going to start and, and our season, you know, it, it's funny because on Friday uh, I sent um, an email to our, um, our coaches in our section, um, you know, cause at that point it, it was very quiet in terms of any cases, no cancellation of games, those kinds of things. And I said, you know, there's a, an upcoming meeting. We're talking about potentially extending the season, letting kids play a little more, all these snow days. Now we're cramming in games. No one's going to be able to get on a football field anyway, uh, you know, starting March 1st. So why not extend us? And then, of course, all hell breaks loose with three schools shutting down and, uh, you know, their, their, their games for the week. Uh, um, Sullivan West and, and, and uh, their girls program is shut down. So it was sort of bad timing with that. But, you know, we're just seemingly going to roll right along into the next sport. I'm not so sure. It was wise to do what we did, and I'm not sure it's well, even. Well, Chris, the bottom line is forward. no matter what you do, as long as you got the kids out there playing, right. you know, I definitely, you know, I'm glad. Unfortunately uh, for you, you don't have a game. Fortunately yeah. for us, we were able to get you on the phone tonight because, <laughs> you know, we do root for you. With this uh, downtime before I let you go, has yeah. there been any talk about retiring my number up there? Uh, it came up early on, but um, with with the quick change, it kind of was pushed to the uh, to the back burner. But I think we'll have uh, once the season ends, we'll have another opportunity to talk about it. Chris, he's, he's going to have to bring he's going to have to return the jersey for it to be retired. <laughs> yeah. Listen, Chris, thank you very much. We we uh, we root for you. You know thank I do, you. and uh, we follow you. And you've always been right. great with us, Chris Russo, Monticello head basketball coach. Thank you. We'll be back right after this. 845-313-0561. We had Chris Russo, the Monticello uh, boys varsity coach. He's been here quite some time. Uh, Yeah, well. Has he been there longer than you were there? Oh, no. No? No, 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 no. I was there 26 years. You know, I didn't realize you coached there for 26 years. Yeah. Was Russo there when you were there, when you were still playing? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, no, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. He took. He was. He's, he's, he was he about? 10? I would say he's been there. I'm retired. Fourteen years. I'm retired. Twelve. No, he's been there like 17, 18 years. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. He's a good yeah. guy. Yeah. He's yeah. A good, he is. Um, he's got seven kids. Yeah. Now yeah. he just said the little one. Yeah. Yeah. Now one of his the one the one played at Middletown. Right. Right. The last right. one. Right. Was a, was a basketball player right. in Middletown. I think he goes to Albany or someplace. You know, let me so let me. Uh, he's a pretty good little player. Yeah. Let me tell you this. I was watching uh, the news last night. Sports. And uh, Albert Pujols announced in some way, shape, or form that this is going to be his final season. You know, Dick, I said I made a comment that uh, Tim Duncan in basketball is the most underappreciated superstar. You know, not by his peers. No. By by fans. Yeah. And he's he's overlooked quite a bit when you bring up conversations of the the greatest players of all time. No commercials, very few. But Tim Duncan, you can make the argument, is a top 10 player in the history of the sport. Well, the turn of the bench, you know, the the 12 foot bank shot is not a real flashy. But but keep in mind, he was a 6'11. Four, you know, he was, a, he was a great player. Great player. I'm not knocking him. Yeah. Yes. Listen, he could put yes. it in the hoop yes. and yes. Yes. won championships. Yes. But this is what I said. When you look at other sports, we always, I always jump Ken Griffey Jr., 
you we always hear Bonds, Griffey, Trout now. Very few people mention a guy that we've watched play, and that's Albert Pujols. He may, may be the best right-handed hitter in the history of the game. I don't know, May. I think it's. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I mean let me just give you this. Yeah, right. First of all, he broke in when he uh, – in his rookie year, he hit 37 home runs and 120 RBIs. But Pujols, we're talking about a guy who has 3,300 hits, 662 home runs, 2,100 RBIs, mm-hmm. and is a lifetime 300 hitter. And he's won championships. He's played on good teams. He's yeah. played on. Good I mean, he's teams. a lock hall of fame. He's yeah. a lock. Well, not discussing yeah. that. Yeah. That he is. Yeah. But I, my point is, why don't we mention him as one of the, you know, why is he breaks. thrown out there? You know, you know what I think happened when when he left St. Louis mm-hmm. for Anaheim, right? Because at that point it was Anaheim, mm-hmm. and he goes to the Angels. There was all this. He's gonna. Make the Angels great. And he did get an opportunity to play with Trout. And he's played well. He's played well. He had one. I think he had the first year was a little bit down. Yeah, he was. His numbers yeah. were down yeah. that first season, yes. making the adjustment to the American yeah. League. But after that, you know, they've climbed back up. I think the problem is they, they just haven't won. They, they, they've made the playoffs yeah, a few times. I, I get all that. Won. But even when he won in St. Louis, Pujols wasn't a household name everywhere. And it should have been. Right, because you're getting – who do we talk The third baseman. Um I mean, you, from St. Louis, uh, Roland. Roland. He's more like he gets yeah. more uh, of a of a push than than than. Pujols yeah, and does. and part of it could be Pujols' fault. Maybe he's shy by nature and isn't out there. But and it's baseball. But my point is that when Albert Pujols retires, and we all agree, he is a first team Hall of Famer, uh first ballot Hall of Famer Absolutely. without any doubt, and he's one of the greatest to ever play the sport. That's it. Yeah. A solid, solid defensive. Player. Never mentioned with steroids. No, I mean he was. He's always had that thick he's build. He's a big body. So, yeah, he's a big guy. No, I one. He's one of the greatest players that ever played. Game. Yeah, maybe the best right-handed hitter I, in the history of baseball. Um, let's see, our time right-handed hitter. I Jim would Jim Rice and no, I don't are, put Jim the, Rice. The numbers aren't even close. I'll give you the guy that Bill I would. Madlock. No, I'm. I'm I, not that you're wrong, but I'll give you the Mike Piazza. Piazza, and now you have Trout. Piazza and Trout. Okay. What's the matter? Yeah. Billy B. We have a we have another call here. Let's take it. We got it. We got to take. We got to We got to take this call. Billy, how are you? It's Darren. How's everything? I'm good, Darren. Good to hear your voice. Billy, How's thank you. In beautiful Orange County. Yes. Thanks for calling, Billy. First off, what are you doing now? I am. Happily, officially retired. Now, just to give a history, tell me if I got this right. Billy grew up in the area, played for uh, Burke, went on to uh, – you've had an unbelievable coaching career. Co- you were at UMass, um, Loyola Marymount, UNLV, uh, moved Kansas, to the – What's that? Seton, Kansas with Larry Brown, Seton Hall with P.J. Carlesimo. And uh, and and then I've with the a, Pacers and the but and the Trailblazers, correct? The yeah, Wolves. the first team in the NBA I was with was the Trailblazers, and then I went to the Timberwolves with Rick Adelman for two years. Then I went to Toronto uh, under Dwayne Casey for two years. Then I went to Indiana uh, and was with Nate McMillan for four, and then. Uh, 
have you know started out this year and just decided it was time to hang them up. Billy, where are you living? Um, I live in Marina Del Rey. Okay. Uh, I've always li- I've lived there for the last you know between Venice or Marina Del Rey since 2004. That's been my off season home. There's um, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, you know it's just been 37 years and it's I've had a really tough two years. I've lost a bunch of friends. You know, most recently Terry Williams, who was a superstar from NFA, played at SMU. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Curtis Smith, they were both very, very close friends of mine, and you know, it's uh, so it was time. It was just, and you're yeah, young, you're yeah. young enough where if you change your it. mind, you could always go back. Yeah, and I think you know, I'm always going to be coaching. You know, and the love and joy I've gotten out of coaching has been more about my relationship with my players and helping them get better and developing them um, than it has been wins or losses and I'm always going to do that you know and that's going to make me happy but I can do it on my time and my terms and you know the NBA is a grind it's it's a you know people just see the glamour they don't see you know you're working 12 13 hour days for you know almost seven straight months and rarely ever get a day off and you love it we love it because we're coaches that's what we do but um you know and through the COVID and everything else you know that's gone on these last couple of years uh it just was time you know it was time and i had talked to my new boss and you know i tried to fight through it but in the end i wasn't sleeping and i've been battling you know mental health issues my whole life and uh you know i'm, I'm happy i'm stress-free and ironically my sister reminded me the day that i made the decision that my dad retired at the exact same age. He was 58 when mm. he stepped down. Well, and, I mean, the key uh, thing out of everything you said is you're happy. That's the that's the thing that's that's the most important thing. Yeah, um, without you, a doubt. He got his mental health issues blamed for me. So that's yeah, I have, I have, I yeah, I have the mental health issues working for him. If you watch on video, this guy's like a goddamn grasshopper. He jumps up and down every two seconds here. Billy, so ne- back, Dick might have been Dick might have been the reason why I have mental health issues. Yeah, one of the years I played for him, he might be responsible. <laughs> Billy, what? Let me let's talk a, a few minutes, if you can, a little bit about the NBA and. You know, you, you see all these super teams that are being built now, and I guess that stems from AAU and guys wanting to play together and demanding to play together. And, the I, I mean, I've made the comment that if the Brooklyn Nets in the next two years lose game seven in the NBA Finals on a last-second shot, the trade they made for Harden was a complete waste and a horrific trade. If they win an NBA title, then good luck. It's a great trade. Did you like that move by the Nets? Yeah, 100%. I think, you know, the end goal is to win a championship. And if they don't and they get close, I still don't think it was a bad trade because, you know, they gave up Karis LeVert, who, you know, I almost had a chance to coach. um, And I'm praying that, you know, he makes a full recovery. Mm -hmm. But I don't think I don't think they were. You know, without doing this trade, we're going to be in a position to win a championship uh, even over the next four or five years, even if they did develop, you know, Jared Allen and LeVert. And, I just you know, didn't, so like I, the, I didn't like the draft capital they gave up. 
But listen, I yeah. guess winning an NBA title, like you said, people will have, uh, you know, long memories of that. And, you know, years of uh, not having draft picks could hurt them, obviously. Yeah, well, you know, they did the same thing when they went all in with Garnett. And that didn't and, work, uh, yeah. No, but look, it, it didn't take them long to rebound, you know, and now they're back in a position. Yeah. Sometimes you, you got to give up your, your draft capital and your, your picks and – to make a run at it. So well, I, I think it was a good move. I think, you know, you're in this business to win a championship. So, you know, and, and, uh, well, Kyrie's me, still young and, and, uh, you know, Harden's still got three or four good years left. I think Durant probably does too. Well, let me so ask, you never know. let me ask you this then as a, uh, diehard Nick fan and pleasantly surprised that 15 and 16 Thibodeau has, you know, made Julius Randall into Bernard King, um, or he's working his way there, and the Knicks are playing very good defensively. And now you have that question for the first time in years as a Knicks fan. They're not going to – I don't know if they're sellers or buyers, but it looks like they might be leaning towards buying. And I'm going to talk to you about it. I would not empty all my draft picks for a Bradley Beal. I'm not saying anything that Bradley Beal is not a great player or Zach Levine's not a great player or even if Carl Anthony Towns becomes available. But I just, I like where the team is right now. There's no doubt those guys would make them better. But I would look, if I'm the Knicks, and you'll see where I'm getting at because you know this guy very well. If I could get Victor Oladipo for a Kevin Knox and a second round pick or a Kevin Knox and an Alfred Payton or something like that. That's a move that I could justify in my head and take a shot with Oladipo with one year left on his deal. And I think he improves the Knicks dramatically. Your thoughts. I, I agree hundred percent. And uh, Vic is like my son. I talk to him two or three times a week. We just spoke the other day. I, we spoke yesterday actually. Um, and I, I, yeah, I think that's a home run. And, uh, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's still at that phase where he's, you know, gaining his mental confidence back, you know, physically, you know, he's a two way player. He's a winner. He's a phenomenal, phenomenal human being. Um, he would help the Knicks dramatically. Uh, a home run. It would be a home run, home run. Do you realize how good he is defensively and, you know, will he ever get back? offensively to being that elite all-star I think he will because he's such a hard worker Mm -hmm. you know that injury he had is as bad as you know very few players come back from that no he seems like he's getting his sea legs back and he's playing well you know it looks like Houston is going to wants to get you know wants to move him um and that's the type of guy I I would be interested in if you if you if you if you were to bet me, I would say he ends up with the Knicks next year. I would, I really uh, yeah. I mean, I would love to have him, but I would not you empty. I wouldn't empty all my draft capital for Bradley Beal. I think what that does is it, you know, you win another six games, you go from a seven seed to maybe a six or a five seed, but you're still, you know, the worst thing in the NBA is being mediocre and not having picks. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I think. Uh, you certainly would have to give up a lot more for Beal, mm-hmm. which I think is your is your point. Mm-hmm. And and you know Beal might be a little bit better than Victor right now, coming off that injury. But 
you know, in another year, Victor may get back to where he was, which was I think he's better than Beal because he does it. He does more on the defensive end, and I love Beal, but I think Victor's a better defensive player than Bradley Beal. Billy, um, thank you very much for calling in. I didn't, I didn't know yeah, you were anytime, calling. Anytime, you know, Dick has my number, so I'm on the run a lot. I'm moving around a lot. I'm not, you know. A, well, one of these when, millennials that's on my phone all the time, so I don't always pick up. But well, you know, I'm I'm free to. I got nothing but time. <laughs> I'm glad you're happy. I'm glad you're feeling well. And when the NBA, when the trade deadline comes and goes, we will talk sure. again. Yeah, call me anytime. All call right, Bill, anytime. don't hang up. I want to talk to you still. Thank okay. you. Eight four five three one three zero five six one. We'll be back right after this. That was Billy Baino, who has a uh, lifetime of basketball knowledge. Tommy, I wanted to talk to you about the NFL draft is ever changing. You know, yeah. And there's quarterbacks galore. Everybody needs a quarterback, which puts the Jets in a great right. They're position. They're always at a premium. So, but, and and this year you have a nice you have a nice crop to choose from coming out of the college ranks. And there's a lot of free agents. And there's a lot of teams that are just unhappy with their current situation, so they're looking to move, guys. You got – and I looked at today. You have the Jaguars that are going first. They're going to take Lawrence. The Jets look like it's Zach Wilson and they're trading Darnold. That's the – if you're reading the tea leaves, that's, that's the yeah, sense that's you're getting. Yeah, that's what it looks like to me too is that's what, where they're leaning. What surprised me in looking at this mock draft by Kuyper is Devontae Smith going as low as eight. Okay. And Waddle going as low as 15. These are not my things. Yeah, Waddle's the, he's the, dropping. I don't know why. Maybe health. It could be. I mean, he was injured. He, he looked okay when he came back and played. He was still – you could see the, the leg was still bothering him a little bit. But he may be the best receiver I don't know uh, in the class if as he's a, healthy. As a Giant fan, if I gave you the choice of Pitts or Waddle, who are you taking? I mean, I'd probably go Waddle because I, th- I, as much as I like Pitts, I think that on the tight end side, you do have Ingram. He's not the greatest. They do have a couple other options, and there are some free agents available. If Waddle's there, I think you have to take him. He's that mm-hmm. kind. He's well, that kind of. A then player. we disagree because I would go Pitts. I just, I know he's healthy. I know he's a big target, um, and I think you could slide Ingram. To a to a, a slot receiver almost or a wide well, receiver, can. put him I on mean, the Ingram's outside. Not going anywhere. He's got a one now, year left on his deal. Now I the, like Pitts a the lot. The question is, who's going to be the offensive coordinator next year? Mm-hmm. If they stay the same, mm-hmm. then Pitts probably is a better fit because you're looking at a system that really loves to use the tight end for short passes. You know, bringing that Dallas type system over here and you know, that Pitts is the right fit. If someone else comes in and wants to open it up a little more, then they may make a decision. Now, wait, let me ask you a question about a guy like Patrick Sertain who's rising up the draft board. Isn't he, doesn't he play the same position as Xavier McKinney? Or McKinney's more of a safety or, or a nickel? Um, yeah, McKinney's going to be a nickel. I mean, Patrick Sertain will be – he's going to come in and be your lockdown corner. Is he? Right? They're gonna exactly. be, okay. I, I mean – if you're going to draft him that high, he's got to start. I'll tell you, here's a scary thing. The Panthers are not happy. Not they're not happy, but they're looking to move on from Bridgewater. I don't see how you go and draft Trey. Now, Trey Lance could come out to be the best player in the world. Carson Wentz went to the same school, but you had a body of work with Carson Wentz. Right, Lance We're is- going off 30 minutes of video of a guy that everybody seems to fall in love with. How do you draft Lance so high? 
I mean, he has he has the physical tools, right? You watch him; he can make all the throws that the NFL, you know, you watch scouts him for like thirty minutes. Well, yeah, in thirty minutes, you could see whether a guy can make that throw from the far hash to the sideline. He puts the deep ball. He has a lot of he has touch, but with that said. He did play at North Dakota State, mm-hmm. so we're not talking about Alabama here and playing against top-notch mm-hmm. competition every week. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a J- crapshoot. Jamar Chase is rising, and he seems to be a perfect fit for Cincinnati for a multitude of reasons. One, Joe Burrow knows him. Right. Two, I think his size – I think what's causing Smith to drop a little – and listen, we're sitting here – uh, spitballing on this stuff. For all we know, D- Devontae Smith can go number two. But I'm saying, looking at this, Smith's size is a bit of a concern. Yeah, he's a little on the thin side. He's, you know, he, where Jamar Chase is a big. Chase and Waddle are much, much more put together than, yes. than Devontae Smith. But uh, Smith can run. You know, we, we saw that. He's a heck of a receiver. You're, you're not going wrong with any one of the three. If Chase played this year, he probably would have been a top three pick. So with the Jets' capital going forward, here's what I would do if I was a Jet fan. We could take the call, um, but I, I really like um, I, I like Zach Wilson. I don't know anything about this, but I would take Wilson, trade Darnold, and just build. The Jets have the 23rd pick in the draft as well. You could get an edge rusher from Miami. I've seen Gregory Rousseau go is you know be there. Yeah. I've seen other guys. We have a call. Do we have a call? Let's take it. This is Sports Eight Four Five. Who's on the line? This is Mitch from Monticello. Mitch from Monticello. How are you, Mitch? All right, Darren. How are you doing tonight? I am good. Say hello to Dick and Tom. Dick and Tom, gentlemen, good evening. Hello, Mitch. What's going on, Mitch? How are you, buddy? What's up, Mitch? I want to talk about the 2020 Cornhole Championships taking place in Wichita, Kansas. (laughs) I I really like that. I think that that Huck Finn is going to probably win that. (laughs) And if he does, he gets a $50 gift card to Cabela's, but it is on TV. Yeah. Yeah, the Wisconsin team looks like they're drinking too much beer, but who knows? <laughs> so, so I guess the top story today has to be Tiger Woods, right? I'm sure. Yeah. Any more? I mean, we're here doing the radio. Any more information come out? I said earlier in the show we don't want to jump to any conclusions on the on the depths of his injury or what caused the accident. But have you heard anything new? Have they released anything? So they just towed the car out of there. They are suggesting he was traveling at a pretty good rate of speed. Uh, no one is saying any drug-related, alcohol-related. I mean, that's a long way off. Hopefully, none of that is involved. His, he has compound fractures to both of his legs. Um, but he's in surgery and is, uh, other than that, fine. Apparently, he was coherent and uh, talkative as they removed him from the vehicle. Compound fractures, that's bone out, right? Correct. Oh, that's just... Correct. How many more injuries well, to his I, legs? I don't know what time take? you guys went on the air, but I don't know if you've seen the video, the um, the aerial photographs of the vehicle. I mean, it's a big Genesis ad running all day today because this car... Not a very good alive. ad. He's, he's lucky he's alive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's something to be said for the vehicle not collapsing because apparently it rolled a few times as it went down that embankment. But you know, oh, they're going on the air now with uh, the the sheriff's press conference. Um, But what's interesting to me is, and this is really why I called, I cannot believe the coverage this is getting. I mean, 
I get it. Tiger Woods, greatest golfer of our lifetime, arguably. You know, some people will say the greatest ever. But he's getting wall-to-wall coverage on CNN, MSNBC, Fox News, ESPN. Well, it's a big story. I mean, remember when, I mean, it was a year ago almost that we were sitting here with Kobe Bryant. It's uh, Tiger Woods is someone that everybody in the country knows. In the world. In the world. Yeah. But 24-7 coverage? Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, you can only talk about the pandemic twenty three and a half hours a day, so you know. Yeah, I I, I agree. I agree. I just think what I mean, what's bothering me about me the what, what I think one of the first events where I watched the news twenty four seven was when Magic Johnson came out with his uh, diagnosis, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, it was it was Mike Francesa. It was. You know, wall to wall, every news channel broke in and covered it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the first one that I can remember. What What's bothering me about the Woods stuff and just on social media? I do. I have not watched the TV broadcasts or anything, but I certainly hope that the people on TV are not jumping the gun and like they are on social media. You know, already basically announcing that it's drug related, right? It was 7.30 in the morning. I mean, who, nobody knows anything. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he was running late. He was meeting. They suggested who it was. Um, Jason Habert or something like that. Maybe a, a no former football player or somebody was meeting him. At, he, he's doing a new show where he's giving celebrities golf lessons from the cart. And that's what he was with David Spade yesterday or the day before. But anyway, apparently, he was running late. It looks like he was speeding, although that is unofficial, of course. The only person that I heard attack him so far was Geraldo Rivera. Um, said it had to be drug-related. He probably was taking his medication for his injuries. Yeah, and I mean, there's, it's amazing. Doing, In the world we live know, in today, there's no such thing as an accident. You don't know. And why would you do that in the first few hours of this thing? Let it go. Yeah, yeah. Let, it'll, it'll be what it is. Um, I hope it wasn't related to any substance because it looked like he was back on the right track. I mean, the story with his son, uh, with the, with the emulating, with the motions and all of the, uh, the genuflections and everything like that, like his father is an incredible story. It looks like he's on the right track and for them to blow it now with, or hopefully he didn't blow it, not them. Um, would anything Geraldo does surprise you though, Mitch? Oh, it doesn't surprise me. He no. always takes that approach. Yeah, Mitchell. Uh, always. Are you uh, you happy with the Yankee off season? Uh, I am looking forward to uh, to the Yankee season. It looks like we're going to have some fans in the stands too. Yes. What they say, like 20 percent, twenty thousand fans. I read a number. I don't, I don't know. know twenty thousand fans yeah. would be a lot. Right now, it's at ten percent, fifteen percent in Jersey. It's supposed to go up as yeah. as, as we okay. head on. Yeah. Yeah, Mitchell. Thank you for the call. Anything else? That's it. Good luck, gentlemen. Have a great evening. Thank you very much. Mitchell, formerly from Monticello. 845-313-0561. We're going to take a short break because Napoli Pizza on uh, Route 6 in Slate Hill, one of the show's sponsors, um, brought over a pizza. Um, You were uh, busy, but the pizza arrived. Um, There was money due for the pizza, and you were gone. Um, We will be back right after this. I thought the pizza was for nothing. 
We are back. You know, uh, Billy was on before, Billy Baino, great guest. And we started talking about the NBA, and then we had another call. We didn't finish it. Let's get to the NBA. But first, let me just read you something that should be uh, great news to all of us with the winter we've had. Here's your seven-day forecast. Uh, Wednesday, 50. Thursday, 46. Friday, 43. Saturday, 48. Sunday, 52. 48, 41. It looks like the weather might uh, start be start breaking. Mm. Um, Dick, we you want to start with the Knicks? Uh, did they play tonight, the Knicks? They won last night, right? Two nights ago. Did they play tonight? Let's see. The Knicks are 15. Yeah, they play tonight. Both. The Knicks home. are home they're against the Warriors yeah, they with got crowds. crowds. They got crowds. Yeah. So if the Knicks could get the five hundred tonight, Curry's back too, I guess. Yep. Get to five hundred tonight. That's a good. That's a great thing. Now, Billy and I talked about trades. Knicks being buyers. Would you gut the team for Beal? No. Give away all the no. draft picks. No, no, no. The only reason why I would even hedge towards, and I'm against it. I'm on your. Yeah. I'm in your yeah. camp here. Is the Knicks draft picks are not what we thought they were going to be. No. They're not. Four and five right, with Dallas. Yeah. They're they could be seventeen and nineteen. Yeah. yeah. But still, I like the direction the team is heading. Yeah. And I gotta tell you, Washington's playing better ball. I, and no one says Bill wants to leave. Give no. him credit for that. Yeah. But uh, I think Billy and I agreed. Adding an Oladipo is something that could help the Knicks. And you're not giving away draft picks to get him. He's one year left. If it takes Knox and Peyton or Nicolita and Peyton, I make that or Nicolita and Knox, I make that deal. But I'm not giving up like quickly. No, uh, no, 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 no. Well, you're basing it on previous years where they can't get by the first round and maybe the second round, that kind of thing. And and I understand that. I understand that. But are you buying that Anthony Davis is coming back entirely healthy? No. And that something else doesn't happen to them along the way. Um, I think the team in the West that could win it all, and this is no shocking, I think they're the best team, Is I think it's the Clippers. And I and let me make that – that's by – piggybacking off, the, off of Anthony Davis not being healthy. And I'm going to make this comment to you. And he's not one of my favorite people. Uh, LeBron James came into this league in uh, 2003. 18 years. Um, and he's been the best player in the league, the most valuable player in the league, the best ball player in the league every year he's been in the league. Does. I'm not sitting here telling you – I'm not going to get into the Jordan comparisons because mm-hmm. I think Jordan was better. Mm-hmm. But LeBron James, since the day he entered the NBA till right now at 36, 37 years old, is the best player in basketball. That's remarkable. Just Do you guys it. agree with that's that? Fair enough. That's remarkable. Yeah. He's the most valuable player in the league every year he's been in the league. He's 30 – what is he, 36, 37? 36. Yeah, 36. He's averaging 26, 8, and 8 still. Yeah. And – Oh, it's amazing what he's doing yeah. right now. Yeah. I wasn't such a big fan, but I am now. It was the same way with Kobe. I had trouble warming up to Kobe, and when I did, and I looked back at what he was doing and how he went about his business, I was saying, wow, maybe I missed something along the way. And I think the same way with LeBron. Yeah. I wasn't a hater, but, yeah. I, you know, I didn't like to go because Jordan, I, you know, Jordan to me is like walking on water, and, and I didn't like the comparisons then. And uh, But some of the things he's done both on and off the – Quarter, just uh, you know, he's phenomenal. He is absolutely I, phenomenal. I mean, yeah. you, I, I got turned around yeah. completely 
was the block in the finals um, when course, he ran yeah. when he ran it down mm-hmm. across the court. I mean, yeah. and, and we knew he made plays like that. But that I, I've always I always liked the way he played. But yeah. that when he did that, and I agree with you. I still think Michael Jordan is the greatest player of all time. Um, but LeBron's a close second. No, LeBron's definitely in the conversation. It's yeah. not a slight to anybody to be the second you know, greatest player and to ever play the sport. He didn't have to run down that block. No, you know, a, a, another player yeah. wouldn't have done that. Wouldn't have done that. But he ran down that. That turned that suit. That turned that whole thing. I agree, that you know, I, I saw I saw LeBron in an airport one time. He is massive. Oh, he's, he's not just six eight. He is massive. He is a big, strong. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable athlete, and there's no doubt in my mind he would have been a tight end Hall of Fame. Uh, I mean, you see his workouts; player. he works hard. And and as much as Jordan and Jordan did, Jordan, yeah. and that was in a time when training wasn't in vogue, right? Yeah. Like now, and now it's everything state of the art. Jordan was doing it at the very beginning of of building your body was right, coming right, into right, play. Right. LeBron's just been, I mean, yeah. from, you know, you saw it when he came into the league. He was a decent physical yeah. specimen, right? You know, 17, 18, 19-year-old kid. His body, he always had the body. He had, a, he had a good body, but he transformed that that next couple of years, it was early 20s, when he transformed it. it was, but there's where he listened to people. Instead of ignoring people around in front of him, maybe Kobe, for instance, or maybe some of the older players that he respected said, look, to do this, you got to do that. He said, Shit, I'm, you know, I've already arrived. I can do this, that, the other thing. Bill always said, you can't believe how big he is until you stand next to him. But you also can't believe how quick he is because he's so big it doesn't look like he's being that oh, quick. He's he says he's as quick as any of the guards in the NBA. I, and I want to you know. And you put that all together, and it's like, what do you got? I yes. haven't I haven't watched a lot of NBA this year. I've watched a lot of the Knicks. Yeah. The other night I was falling asleep. I was watching. Were you watching the Lakers? No, I was watching Philly play uh, the Clippers. I don't know who they were playing. It was the night Embiid had 50. I tell you, when he turns it on, Embiid, he is an unbelievably multi-talented player. I'll give you a name that, you know, maybe next year, maybe sooner than that. It looks like Philly went on quite a run when Simmons was out. I don't know if they could play well together. Maybe Simmons gets moved. I've also heard names like C.J. McCollum possibly being moved. Um, I think you could have a uh, a little bit of a uh, frenzy at the trade deadline. I, I think I think Philly management and ownership are very high on Simmons, and they'd love to keep them two guys together. But I, I agree with Darren. I think the right move might be to move him. You could get, you could really get if if Embiid's your guy, you can get some pieces. But I think I, I think Rivers is kind of putting this together a little bit. I don't think I, I don't see that animosity or that bad body language when I watch him play. Yeah, anymore. yeah, I'm I'm not talking about. I I think they're Simmons is not a great shooter, and you already have, does a lot though. Checks. Oh, no, he does, but but Embiid is just that's your guy, right? I mean, he's putting in fifty nine. He can not a night, not a night, but he's done yeah. it a couple times in his career now, yeah. right? That was yeah. the third, third time he, I think, he reached fifty. Yeah. Um, but he's your low post threat. He's your, he's your score. Sometimes with two guys like that, it's hard, it's hard to share the rock, right? Mm-hmm. If they, if they could get a couple pieces for Simmons, I think they would make that. Move. The Nets are playing. Yeah, but who would, you, who would you, who would you want for Simmons? Where would the trade be? You well, you're, 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 you're may, I, I don't know. I don't know. Would you send him to Washington for Beal? I, I don't know. I don't know. I <laughs> yeah, think that's I a lateral move for both teams. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
But, um, you know, I watched the Utah Jazz play the other night, and Donovan Mitchell, Donovan Mitchell, <laughs> Donovan Mitchell has to have the ball in his hands yeah, for him to be effective. Right. And I was a little down after watching him. I'm not <laughs> sitting here telling you that he's – I wouldn't want him. I'd take yeah. him in a heartbeat. But to me, if I, if I gave you Donovan Mitchell or Jamal Murray, I'm taking Jamal Murray every time. I think Mitchell needs to have the ball. I don't see Mitchell making others better. I see Jamal Murray as more of a well-rounded player. Well, let me say this. If you took trade places with him, you think excuse me, that uh, uh, Utah would be better with Murray? I don't know. But I'm just saying, I'm just looking at it as a Nick okay, point understood. of view. If I have understood. a door one is Jamal Murray, okay. door two is Mitchell, right. I'm taking door one. Okay. okay. And, and Murray's obviously the better okay. shooter. All right. You know, that's just, you know. Um, they're two, but they're two pretty damn good basketball players. No debate. Yeah, I, I yeah. wouldn't get hurt with either yeah. one of them. You know, the Spurs quietly sit on top of that division with Popovich again mm-hmm. at 16 and 11. DeRozan's playing well. Patty Mills is playing well. And it's Popovich. And he does a hell of a job. He's five games over 500 with a team that's not very good. No. Um, the Hornets are 14 and 16. I tell you, to me, the Hawks are 13 and 17. I said to you before the year, the Hawks are going to be a tough out. They might be a tough out because they could shoot the ball, but they just don't play no, any defense no, whatsoever. At none at all. And I thought yeah. they, I thought they would be like a four or five seed. That's Me too. How good I thought they were going to be. Me That's too. They I got they five or six guys that don't miss, right. but they also the guys yeah. they're guarding yeah. don't miss. But the thing of it is, I they defense is kind of like non. It was like the Nets were playing that way for a while. If they didn't outscore you, they couldn't beat you. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I think they're in that situation. There's but, only a handful of teams I that like play good ta- I like the talent they have. I mean, what's not to like? They got some really good players. And Gallinari's not even on the floor yet. I know it. I know it. Um, anything else in the NBA? The Bucks have hit a skid here. They're yeah. eight, but they'll be all right. Eighteen and thirteen. Um, One thing I didn't like: the Clippers got beaten overtime the other night, and George was off the floor for the last two minutes and fifty seconds. They wouldn't put him back in because of minutes. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. Minute restriction. You can't play two minutes and 50 seconds for a win? To win the goddamn game? Please. Yeah. Please. I, I think the big thing for me right now is how good the Eastern the East is. The Knicks are sitting at 15 and 16. They're in last place. They would be in third place in the South, in the Southeast, and they would be in second. They'd be in first They'd be in place. first. They'd be in first in the – Yeah, in, it always I mean, goes that way. But, I mean – that's yeah. how well the Knicks are playing. Yeah, the Raptors are playing better ball. Uh, with, my, without uh, been out a while, the guard. Who's that, Ben Fleet? No, the other guard. Kyle Lowry? Lowry's been out for yeah. a bit, and they're still winning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Dallas has won five in a row. Yep, and the Miami Heat get Jimmy Butler back, and they're on a little bit of a run. Jimmy Butler, yeah. he looked really good the he other did. night. Yeah, he is good. good. I mean, no, I'm just saying, coming, coming back, he, he looked really good. Like, he hasn't missed a beat. He. He was distributing. He was he was attacking the rim. I think if Phoenix had one more player, they could be not. They could be a real tough outcome. I think they're going to be. I think um, the Blazers are playing well. Very good. The NBA is starting to pick up. Some of these, yeah. some of these teams that had multiple player changes are starting to gel a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of them are getting their health back a little bit. I'll uh, tell you, Minnesota, the T-Wolves stink. Yeah. And they, they got good players, too. They stink. They yeah. constantly get good players, yeah. and then it just falls apart. Yeah. 
Let's go college basketball. Nothing really changed since we were here last yeah. week, except Michigan did add a very good win right. to their resume. Right. Yeah. Um, we, we talked before the show. All of a sudden, it's week whatever. Yeah. And Calipari remembered at a coach. Roy Williams got his team playing. <laughs> Mike Krzyzewski's not Four over. Mike Krzyzewski's not uh, The game hasn't <laughs> passed him by. And their best player. Yeah. 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 And Bill Self. Yeah, Kansas won seven of eight. Yeah, yeah. I mean, all of a sudden. The big, I'm telling you, the Big 12 is still Kansas until someone proves me wrong. <laughs> and the thing of it is, it doesn't look like Michigan State's going to get it no. done. And, and I watched him play the other night and see why he. He just doesn't have the players he's had. Yeah. You know. Carolina beats Louisville by 100, yeah. and their game tonight just got postponed against Boston College. Yeah. But, it looks like Beeline may get that job, the Boston College job. They is that right? Him, they fired the coach. Looks like Johnny B may get that job. Oh, yeah. Well, that would be a – where be, he's an upgrade anywhere. Yeah, that would be a plus. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Gonzaga 22-0, Baylor 17-0, Michigan, Ohio State, Illinois, Bama – Oklahoma, Villanova, Iowa, and my dark horse team now sits at number 10. They're in the top 10 is Bob Huggins in West Virginia. Yeah, I think they're better than that. I think they should be like up at six or seven at least. I think they're playing that well. And they're winning games on the road too, which, yeah. is, uh, yeah. which is huge. Nobody wants to play them no, anywhere. No, I, no, he, he, he makes every game ugly. Yeah. They're really long. They play crazy good defense. He, he is a very underrated coach. I think. I, I guess by his peers, they all know he can yeah, coach. Yeah. But Huggins is tough. Oh, yeah. You know him? I do very well. Yes. Yeah? Yeah. I is he a – Is he's probably a very nice guy off the court. He's a really nice – and he's actually – you don't see him go nuts on No, the not anymore. He's he's, a, he's tough in practice. I mean, his practices are no damn joke. You know, he gets on those guys. But uh, I've been with him at, at some clinics and things where I've had a chance to sit down and talk to him and – you know, I'm very impressed with what he does, and he actually knows what the hell he's doing. And his players, if you watch now, they know exactly what the hell he's doing, you know, what he expects them to be done. And when you play defense, the way they play defense, they're going to be in every game. They're yeah. going to be in every and game. And you know what's amazing yeah. with Huggins? He really doesn't put guys in the NBA. No. He puts great teams out yeah. there, though. Yeah. I, when he was at Cincinnati, right? Nick Van Exel. Same kind of players. Blunt. Same kind of players. They just and they and they play great defense there. Oh, too. when he had Cincinnati, he had better players than he does yeah. now. Kelvin Martin and that crew. They yeah, were he had good players at Cincinnati. Had, I, same type of players. Yeah. Long, yeah. defensive minded, yeah. very athletic. And, and and they're tough guys. They're tough guys. They're not afraid to get right. Right. Kelvin Martin, you know, I mean, they, he went to the NBA and he was one of the toughest guys there. They're you, like they're like bull, they play like bully ball you, and uh you want to argue the Big 12, Big 10 debate? No, no, I think that it's pretty close. You know what? I've been on Oklahoma for a while, and the more I see them, the more I like them still. I think I wouldn't want to play them either. I wouldn't want to play them. Yeah, and and you're, not even counting yeah. Oklahoma, you're not even counting Oklahoma State, who's not eligible right. for postseason play. I, I wouldn't like to see Oklahoma in the same bracket with uh, Gonzaga or Baylor, but, you know, if they were off or, or catch them later in the – Later, right, get a two, maybe get a two or yeah, yeah get them later or a three seed there and in I that other bracket. I think they'll get a two or three before it's over. Are they going to have a tournament? Big yeah. Twelve having a tournament? I think they are. Okay, I uh, think they are. And that all starts next Monday. I think the tournament starts. Well, March Madness. Yeah, yeah the starts, tournaments have to start soon. Yeah. Um, I think Carolina's in. Yeah. I don't think Duke is. I think Carolina Unless, is though. Oh no, Duke's in. No, I don't think Duke? so. The NCAA tournament? Yeah. How could they be in? They have a losing record, don't they? Yeah. No. Kentucky you're talking about. Duke, too. 
Duke's won five in a row. They beat Virginia. I'm telling you, I don't think they're in. If the tournament starts tomorrow, I don't think they're Every, in. Everything I've seen says they're in. Okay. Everything I, I hope I you're right. Says they're I, in. I, I don't. Yeah. You know. Yeah. We'll see. Well, they must have pushed everything back because it looks like the the Big Twelve uh, championship is um, the tenth through the thirteenth. Oh, is it? Yeah, that's yeah. what that's what we're seeing here. So. Well, they're advertising the, the the tournament starting Monday on ESPN. So maybe it's the smaller. Maybe it's the uh, Dick. Just so you know, Duke is eleven and eight in conference play, right. and nine and uh, nine. Uh, what are they? Duke is, I'm sorry, nine and six in conference play, eleven and eight for the season. I don't think they're a lock to be in. Oh, well, they have to win some games, obviously, okay. but everybody has them projected to be in if they, if, okay, you know, and they've had some big wins. Virginia the other night, Syracuse last night. Yeah, Syracuse, I don't know if it's a big win anymore. But, okay. All right. Yeah. Anything else with college basketball? How about your Texas team? I don't know. Uh, I, I don't they're, know. They're, they're young. A they're a mystery they're team. A mystery. I was on them. Yeah. I still think they. I still think they're a team that's going to be good. Like, if Texas plays Iowa, I still think Texas is better. But I don't know. I, I, I'm not as high on them as I was. Yeah. And I don't know – St. John's plays Villanova tonight. Right? St. John's is going to have a tough time. They're, the they're going to have to really show up in the, yeah. in the twenty. Yeah, in the big in the big. East and tournament. Houston again wanted want to beat uh, somebody by thirty last. But night. they also lost the no, night no, before. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, I was watching but that game. But they're still like eighteen and three. Or yeah, something. but they don't play. I'm, I'm not on them. Yeah, I'm saying I, I just don't. I just but they'll don't be in. They're, I, I, they're I, in. The more I the more I watch this, I'd be shocked if Gonzaga doesn't play Baylor in the NCAA final. Me too. Me too. You know, we're just looking I, for I, another team. I wouldn't mind seeing. I that, mean, Michigan way. could come out and you know they could come I don't out. Like yeah. I do not like any Big Ten team. It depends. You know, they, they should get a one seed, so yeah. they'll be in a bracket by themselves. Some of the teams that disappointed me, like Missouri, they were they were on such a nice Tennessee run, and, and I one. watched them. Yeah, Kentucky beat Tennessee the other. Yeah, you know, it, it's just like, but Missouri, they've got good players, and I thought they were doing a pretty good job there. I just don't know. Yeah, so we got the NCAA tournament itself. Yeah, the big dance is kicking off March 18th with the first four, and then the 19th and 20th kicks the first round. Yeah, and I thought I thought we had heard that they weren't doing that. That um, I don't know first four because yeah, I didn't think so what they this is what it says here that they're doing. Um, so the tournament will begin the first four on that Thursday, the 18th, and it'll continue till Monday, I believe. And they're that's only what doing, they always do. Yeah, right yeah. there. It's just over the weekend. But that's how they, they – that's why I said they added that in. Yeah, they just said they uh, yeah. they announced I'm, it on I'm, Tuesday, I'm, so I'm, I guess they changed I'm their mind. I'm curious how, they, how, how they're going to do that with all the teams there. Well, like they're they playing at different arenas. It's all in the yeah. state no, of Indiana. I'm not talking about Indiana. that. I'm talking about how many times are they going to have to play a week. Is it going to be you're playing Friday, Sunday, I think they're Thursday, doing the same Saturday, thing they used to do. Or yeah. you're going to have to play in the middle of the week yes. again. I think I, you might have missed Friday the week. through Monday now. So it says the first and second so rounds will Friday, be played Sunday, Friday through Monday. Saturday. Rather than Monday. Thursday through Sunday. Yeah. Oh, it's how we're doing. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And all it right. says that allows the NCAA at a time for team, team intake. And testing for COVID-19. Okay. If they pull that off, it's kudos to who's yeah, ever, yeah. to the guys that are running that tournament. Especially yeah. considering how bad yeah. it looked early yeah. on in the season. So, and, right. and Indiana is a great place to hold it because that is strictly a basketball well, it's basketball state. capital yeah. Yeah. of the world, you, right? When you talk about crazies, they're kind of subdued crazies, but it's in their heart. That's yeah. in their heart. Right. That's like, are it's, you kidding me? You know, yeah. yeah. I picture Larry Bird yeah. out somewhere on a dirt in, on, in a dirt right dirt field yeah. with a with a wooden backboard 
and a plank of wood to so the ball kicks back to him. That's what you, I see Hoosiers. I that's all, that's all you see is Hoosiers. Like that's all Hoosiers. you see is Hoosiers. Right? And, and every college is like that. And we, when I went to college, we were right on the Ohio River, right across the border from Indiana. And some of the guys that uh, – we had two guys from Indiana, one from Rockport and one from Evansville. And uh, just – Reading the Evansville newspapers and, and those Indianapolis Star and all that, I'm like, look at Christ Almighty. It's just, they could give a shit about football. You know, yeah. like there's, there's right. a football <laughs> yeah. right. yeah. Football something yeah. you do with yeah. no yeah. basketball. Yeah. 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 You know, Purdue had a good run there for a while. Yeah. But kind of like Indiana hasn't been good since John Pont in 1966, <laughs> for Christ's sake. Yeah. That's, that's how far they go back. And uh, it, it's just the high school gyms. The high school gyms, like uh, uh, where uh, the father-son dude from Indiana played in Indiana, the point guard, his father was a coach. He was a pro. Indiana won the national championship. Valparaiso, Bryce Drew. No, no, no. no. Yeah, that too, but. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. I'm, it was big, Newcastle, Indiana. What the hell was this? I don't know what you're talking about. The point guard from Indiana when they won the national Steve championship. Steve Alford. There you go. Hey, his yeah. father and son. Their gym seats 12,000 people. Their high school gym. The high school gym, yeah. Seats 12,000 people. You know, next week we're, when we're here, we have a great guest calling in, Kenny Anderson, a New York City playground legend. Right. Played at Georgia Tech. Uh, went on to – he was a star in the NBA. Very good. He was a very good player. Played for a lot of teams. Yeah. The Celtics, the uh, the Nets, the Trailblazers. He, yeah. he played on more teams than I thought at the end. Right. Yeah, he did. But his mainstay was he was very good with the Nets with Petrovich yeah. and uh, yeah. Coleman. Um, Kenny Anderson was a great player. He'll join us next week. We'll talk some NBA with him. Billy will be back. We'll talk maybe next week with Billy or the week he after. He was a really good basketball. He was fun to watch at Georgia Tech. He was Kenny good. Anderson. Yeah. Kenny Anderson was great. Yeah, and there were a lot of good guards in the country. And some names I escaped me, but there are a lot of good point guards in the country. And he was as good as any and maybe better than all of Lefty. them. Lefty. Yeah. And and the, and the ACC was loaded with oh, guards that at, at that point. I got to look, but I yeah. believe – Kenny Anderson played at uh, Georgia Tech. Who else was on that team? Was uh, was Sally on that team? John, or Sal I... no, John Sally could have been on that Mark team. Mark Price was probably after him. Price was before him. Before him. Yeah, yeah Price Mark was Price was before definitely before him. Before him. Yeah, Price was but that was the Bobby Kremens New York oh, yeah, pipeline. We'll yeah, talk to exactly. Kenny about that. Exactly. Uh, we'll be back. Enjoy the good weather coming up. And thank you all for listening.